0: Welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers, the real estate edition with your hosts, Howard and Rob.
1: Hi, welcome to Weaver Beyond the Numbers, real estate edition. I'm Howard Altshuler. And as always, I'm joined by my tax partner, Rob Nowak. Today, we're recording actually on April 16th, the day after tax day, but this is edition number 1040. So we're really proud of that. Before I get started, I wanted to remind everyone that our podcast is for informational, educational and entertainment purposes only, and we are not giving any accounting or tax advice. However, should something that we talk about today catch your fancy and you want to talk to us further about it, please reach out to Rob or myself, or um, you can look us up at weaver.com. Rob, like I said, it's uh, the 16th, but you don't look as happy as I would expect for someone who's just finished tax season. What's going on?
0: Well, that's because we didn't finish tax season. (laughs) <laughs> the second year in a row, April 16th is bittersweet. You know, it's a time honored tradition in the industry. On April 16th, you enjoy a, a little relaxation, a little rest. We don't get that this year. We didn't get it last year because of the, the extension of the deadline. Well, we, we got two deadline extensions this year to May 15th for the entire country and then to June 15th for taxpayers in Texas, Oklahoma. Louisiana to uh, allow some additional time to file tax returns, as well as some other affected, what are known as affected taxpayers who might've been affected by some of those winter storms. So a little bittersweet of an April 16th. Now I'll tell you, it compounds things even more that this is also a time that we do a lot of tax planning, especially for our individual clients to help them understand what next year's tax liability might be or years going forward. And why do you think we can't necessarily provide the same definitive guidance, Howard? Why do you think that is this year?
1: If I had to guess, I would say it's because we're really not sure where things are going to end up at the end of the year due to all the um, legislative activity going on.
0: You hit the nail on the head. You know, in the infrastructure speech that Biden gave a number of weeks ago, which you and I covered in in a podcast, Mm -hmm. we talked about how there are proposed changes to corporate tax structures. That speech and that bill so far have been somewhat silent on the individual tax impact. And by that, we mean changes in ordinary rates, cap gain rates, and other provisions that are potentially going to affect individuals. However, during the election, we know that the the quote Biden tax plan did call for changes in tax law as it applies to individuals. We just don't know what, if any, of those provisions maybe coming down the road and what the timing of that might be and whether or not it's prospective or retroactive. So it creates a little bit of, uh, you know, problem for those of us who are trying to help our clients project those liabilities and make decisions.
1: Right. And, And not to mention the fact that the potential for corporate tax increases isn't really set because I just read the other day that the some of the Republicans have come up with an alternative infrastructure bill, which is smaller, um, but at least from what I read, would be paid for through user fees, which would push back to the individuals based on usages, maybe not necessarily income, but would be looking to move away from the corporate tax changes.
0: And how this all impacts real estate, since this is our real estate podcast, of course. There, there is an impact. And let's take 1031 exchanges as an example. Forget about your fascination with 1031s being a loophole, which we always <laughs> say they're not. It's been in the code for 107 years, so it's not a loophole. It's just a provision. But, you know, 1031s, let's say they remain in place in their current form. OK, so 1031s are good for real estate, not for personal property, but good for real estate. Let's say that stays. Let us further say that one of the the Biden proposals during the election was to increase capital gain rates on high income earners so individuals who are earning either more than four hundred thousand dollars or potentially more than a million dollars would be considered a high income earner and the different thresholds have been thrown around but one of the proposals was to increase cap gain rates to either 28 percent, which by the way was the reagan era capital gain rate or to increase cap gain rates to the highest ordinary rate for those individuals Well, how does that impact 1031s for real estate? If I'm a real estate trader, and I should say trader, if I'm trading up in property or relinquishing property, I have to now consider I can pay tax at 20% today because the cap gains rate today for me are 20%, or do I want to defer gain into what could be a much higher taxing year at some point in the future? Mm -hmm. Big difference, right? 20% today versus maybe 40%
1: in four or five years. Well, and these are not the kinds of mention, decisions that are, that are tough to wrap our heads around. Right. And not to mention the fact that there's talk about changes to estate taxes and such that may even make it that much more, let's just say, harsh if you're looking to defer gains into another generation. Absolutely. I mean, on the estate tax side, there's talk of
0: eliminating the step up in basis upon death and rolling back the estate tax exemption, what is currently 11 plus million down to 3 million plus. Mm-hmm. And really that reverts the estate tax exemption back to what some previous levels were that were indexed for inflation. In reality, I'm old enough to remember uh, when the estate tax exemption was $500,000. So rolling back to 3 million is an adjustment, but we're not going back to the beginning of time. Right. Interestingly, I saw something from Speaker Pelosi's office that one of the provisions that has not been specifically talked about by the current administration is changes to the salt cap or the, the state and local mm-hmm. income tax cap, which presently is set at ten thousand dollars for an itemized deduction. That was put in place as part of the twenty seventeen act. It was somewhat punitive to individuals residing in states where there were higher than average real estate taxes, higher than average income taxes. Mm-hmm. We obviously don't deal with the state income tax piece down here in in Texas, but other states, it's a very important issue. There's talk on reinstating the salt, I shouldn't say salt cap, of eliminating the salt cap, reinstating the deduction Mm -hmm. as originally crafted, but providing an overall limitation on itemized deductions. So let's say, you know, 28% of an income level or re-implementing a revised PEAS limitation that limits overall itemized deductions. So we might see something like that change too, which obviously is going to impact real estate. Right,
1: that makes sense. And of course, you know, and because also the other part of that, not just the taxes, but if you start looking at overall limitations on deductions that could start eating into the uh, mortgage interest deductions, which is gonna have an impact on real estate as well. Unless of course everybody refinances now at like really low interest rates, then maybe it wouldn't be as big of an issue, but we know that's not gonna happen.
0: You know, the the other piece that we have talked a bit about is opportunity zones mm-hmm. and, and that's not a, that's not a corporate incentive. that really is more of an individual incentive Abs- absolutely. I mean it allows individuals to defer gains, defer capital gains into opportunity zone fund investments. The intention of the op zone fund was to help pump up, and rebuild areas that have been economically disadvantaged. Now, whether or and not the not, program has had
1: its effect is is you know up to up to debate. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say not just defer, but an up to 15% even eliminate if you got in Correct. at the very beginning. Correct. There's a deferral and an mm-hmm.
0: elimination piece. However, you know, the deferred gain will be recognized at some point. It's it's a little bit different than you know a 1031 type vehicle. Still very much individual driven though. So any changes to that program are likely to have an effect on individuals as well and and impacts on on how capital gains will be affected.
1: Well, it'd be very interesting to see how it it all plays out. I guess we'll all keep our eye on Washington over the course of the next several months and really just hope that whatever they do, it goes prospectively and not retroactively because that really throws a monkey wrench in the tax planning, but we'll just have to wait and see. Absolutely. Um, well, that's all the time we have for today. So Rob, thanks for the discussion. Hope you um, at least make the most out of tax post-tax day. And so want to thank everybody for listening. As always, uh, Rob and I are doing our podcasts on pretty much a weekly basis. So hopefully you enjoy this and will like to listen to more. If so, please share with your friends and colleagues and help spread the word. Also, if there's anything you should need in terms of listening to past podcasts or any other thought leadership, or information, please go out to weaver.com, where we have all of our information posted on the website. Again, that's weaver.com. Thanks for joining.
0: Thanks, everybody.